0: we're on a mission to democratise entrepreneurial education and on the way to building one of the largest online schools in the world for entrepreneurs. We interview some of the greatest founders of our generation to find out how they did it so you can too. However, in this series, we're working with our students in the community who are deep within the process of building their own successful business. These are the founders of tomorrow who have stood where you are and on the way to building the business of their dreams. Now, before we jump in, our lawyers have told us to tell you this. Of course, we can't guarantee you'll have the results like some of the stories we're about to share. And as you know, with any business, it's a lot of hard work in addition to completing any online course. With that said, welcome to From Zero to Founder. Molly here I'm Founders Community Manager and welcome back to the series from Zero to Founder. Today I'm sitting down with Emma Bolton who has undertaken both our Instagram Domination course and our Start and Scale course. She's created a luxury bridal wear uh, aesthetic company which is absolutely amazing. She goes into incredible detail about everything influences as well as just navigating how to start a business from scratch. She's got such amazing insights and I'm really excited to jump straight in. Hi Emma, welcome. Thank you so much for being here with me today. Why not start by telling me a little bit about yourself and a little bit more about your business?
1: Well, thank you for having me, Molly. So first off, my name is Emma Bolton. For those that don't know me, um, I'm the founder of Bolton Creations, which is uh, all all-in-one, one-stop bridal shop, basically. Um, And I started because when my husband and I were getting married back in 2019, uh, we were actually too broke to afford the really nicer things. So uh, it's always been a part of my personality as well to kind of like create personalized gifts. So when it came to the bridal party, I, I just wanted to go all out for them. And unfortunately, we couldn't, you know, really purchase those things. So I just decided, you know what, I'll start a business from it because... I know that it's something that I'll continue after and who knows where it will take me. So three years later, uh, I now am the official supplier of three hotels here in Perth in Western Australia, which is really, really exciting. So what happened was, uh, we were the fourth hotel at, I'm sorry, we were the ho- fourth wedding at a loft hotel to get married. And, They were they were looking for suppliers and the coordinator on the day actually just she loved my stuff that I made, which is really awesome. She's like, we want you. So and it kind of just took off from there. And here I am three years later. (laughs) Yeah,
0: it's such an amazing story because I love that it's come from your own struggles that you may have had being a bride yourself and wanting the customization for those little nice things that are very sentimental on your big special day. So I love the story of how, you know, Bolton Creations was created. I think it's really, really fun. But to go back a little bit further, before three years ago, what were you kind of doing? Where was your life sitting? And what made the real shift to be like, yes, I can, I can start a business. I really want to do this and I'm passionate about it.
1: Okay. So my story goes quite far back to when I was actually in high school. Uh, I remember I had just gotten into university and I was going to study to be a business lawyer, actually. Um, And I have a different history um, outside of that. I actually used to dance professionally. So I had been dancing for 18 years and I remember I was sitting in, uh, in one of my English classes about like, you know, thinking, what am I gonna do with my career after this? It's we're getting to that point. And I'd just gotten into university, but I'd also gotten into full-time dance. And I was like, oh, I hate the idea of having to sit in an office and wait for my holidays to come around because I was very fortunate that growing up my my dad had his own business. So to me, lifestyle was if we wanted to go on a holiday, we would just drop everything and go. And I was learning at the end of high school, you know, that's that's not what life's about, you know, if, if you're if you're just going to work into a new job or if you're going to study at university for a little bit. So I started going down the the dance route because I really wanted to pursue my passion in dance. Um, and that actually led me to a div, a different business journey um, where I actually got involved in network marketing for a little bit. Unfortunately, I'm not involved anymore now, but it gave me that bug of entrepreneurship. Entrepreneurship, sorry. And I just absolutely fell in love with the idea of being my own boss. Um, And yeah, and that's kind of how that started. So I I did, I juggled quite a lot of retail jobs in the meantime, a couple of dance gigs here and there. I actually had eight part-time jobs at one point. Um, It was I was, I've always been very, very driven in that way. Um, and then, yeah, I met my husband. Uh, I actually used to live in Sydney. So I met my husband in Salt Lake City, found out, you know, he's in Perth. And that's where our love story began. And now here I am.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's such a journey. And I think a lot of people listening will be able to relate in the mentality of not wanting to have that typical nine to five and wanting to branch out and do something for yourself which I think is where a lot of great businesses stem from is that passion and that motivation and drive as you mentioned that you have as well and let's think about now so you've realized okay I want to create these custom pieces for my bridesmaids how did you learn to get started in creating these customized pieces to begin with
1: it all started with my own wedding planning. So I, I was like, okay, what, what is it that is, that makes a wedding great? What is it that people go, wow, okay, that I really want that at my wedding. And I just, it all started on Pinterest, you know, looking through the inspirations, what other people were doing, uh, Instagram as well, just seeing these wow factors. And I guess you kind of get into that little sheep mentality where I want what they have, um, and that's what everybody else is doing. So I just started really, really small. And I know this, it might be a bit cheeky to think this way, but I started thinking really, really cheap, you know, how can I, cause I, I didn't have the luxury of going, you know what, spend it, credit card that, you know, I didn't have that luxury. So I just went, okay, what, what can I find where, how can I do this? And then YouTube came along and there's so many different tutorials on how to create your own things. Um, which was awesome, and I'm very, very thankful for everybody else that has done it. That you know, I was able to recreate, basic, basically just watching other people do it, and that's kind of how I got started. And now, um, I'm now in that position to now teach other people, which is really, really exciting. So, yeah,
0: yeah, I think that's so special, and I love that mentality that you have of helping others. And I think you know, I I've been so lucky to have your pieces in my hands and see the quality and see thinking that you had the idea of somewhere being a little bit cheaper and a bit more affordable for everyday brides. But the quality is amazing. It's outstanding. And you've got such great pieces, which I can't wait to speak about more. But before all that, I'd love to know the starting of how you sourced your original pieces. Was it through Alibaba? Was it through different manufacturers? What was that story in actually getting these pieces to begin with?
1: Yeah, so when I first started my business, uh, I've always wanted to do the bridal robes and bride and bride pajamas just because that's what I did for my wedding. And I actually, when I was getting married, I had my heart set on Peter Alexander pajamas. I don't know why. I think it was part of that mentality. It's like everybody else has them, so I need to have them. And I got them, and I remember being extremely disappointed. So I thought, in my business, this is something that I want to recreate and. Know really bring that joy to people, so it really means a lot to me. You know, just basically touching on what my product is. Um, So, I did start on Alibaba and I did also uh, do a little bit of competition digging. So, I would purchase certain things from other companies and also purchase things from Alibaba and compare, and a lot of the time. I could figure out exactly where my competition was getting their products from. In fact, I've got the same Alibaba manufacturer, let's say, or seller um, of two other companies. And this was back in uh, 2019, at the end of 2019, I figured this part out. So I was just like, you know what, no, this, this is not okay. And I realized all through 2020, when people were, we were going through COVID and people were at at that stage of planning that, uh, it was a big hype. It was a big hype to order your bridal pajamas and your bridal robes at this time, but everyone was struggling with the stock. So I said, okay, let's really think about how to change what I have here that's in my hands that, if I'm honest, wasn't that great quality. You could feel it. And then Sheen came out. And Sheen just exploded with all these cheap things. So I purchased a couple of things like that. And I was like, oh my goodness, they're not actually that much different. So people are paying a bit more for a crappier product through other companies. And I was just like, this is not okay. So I just did some digging, did some research. This was actually before I had found Founder. And I found this manufacturer and we had been talking back and forth. They had sent me some samples and I was in love and we kind of just went from there. And I just wanted to fix what was already out there. Um, For example, like our robes have pockets, which is something that doesn't exist. And I'm like, why does this not exist? You know, we live in a world where women have pockets now. So why do we not have pockets on our bridal robes? So just little things like that. And, you know, making sure that the material is perfect, you know, making sure that regardless of your shape and size it is going to be flattering on you and that was something that was really important to me because there were there's a lot of things out there that you can just buy off Alibaba and it's not personalized which already goes against what I'm about but it doesn't look good and you can you can really see the difference now when putting a side by side of my product versus what i used to sell and it's just like no we definitely made the right decision in finding Someone over in China working with them, you know, getting the details of each design perfect before we even went to mass production. So that was really exciting.
0: Mm, and I love that you have an evolution within your product, and you're so determined to have that perfect product because it just makes it more special for those that are purchasing it and and having that experience of unboxing it. It's such a luxurious thing, and I think you know having a lower price point and still having such a luxurious piece of like quality clothing is so, so amazing and such a testament to who you are as a business owner as well. But thank you. You're more than welcome. And from the manufacturing process, after you had found the pieces that you were very happy with, uh, how did you go about validating that to your audience? Because there was, as you mentioned, a lot of other people out there doing the same thing in a quite a saturated market. How did you validate your product and kind of set yourself up for success?
1: That was hard. I have to say it was very, very difficult because when you're a bride, you might be in the same mindset that I was where you're trying to look for the cheapest. And that's okay. I I had to learn that was okay. And if that was the case, that just wasn't my target market. What I did do though, is I let social media do the talking for me. So Instagram has released Reels, which is a new feature and it's, it does wonders for your business. So one thing that I really did, uh, pun intended, (laughs) one thing I did with Reels is that I showed my product and I let my product do the talking. So I actually bought pieces from other companies. I would never, however, name the company that I was comparing my product against just because I didn't want to, you know, just put that out there. Um, you know, I was trashing another business because that is definitely not what this is about. But it's hard to do that when you're trying to say, well, my product's better. So I just uh, would buy a robe from a company and compare it with my robe. And I would do a side by side and just let the product do the talking. And because the changes that I made were significant, it was it was very, very obvious. So we were very fortunate in that to be able to create a product that was very obvious to see the difference and again when it comes to wedding expos they can feel the difference so it's it is a it is something where the product does do the talking itself and i'm very fortunate that we were able to create that kind of thing so
0: definitely i think that's such a great tactic to have and really using those speeches that you have available to showcase the great craftsmanship that you've put into uh, your pieces. And I know before you found the Scale program and Founder itself, you had launched prior to this. I would love to speak about your first kind of launch or your soft launch before you found Founder compared to what it was like after you found us and you may have implemented some changes to your business.
1: When I first launched my business was when I was just finding all of my items from Alibaba and just kind of going with the flow. I didn't do very well. I'm not, I'm not going to lie. My first, I, my first year of business was very, very poor, but it was also my wedding year. So it wasn't something extremely important to me because I was just trying to get married in that sense. Uh, the next year we did do well. We tripled our income because it was that small in our first year. However, it just wasn't enough. And where I found founder in the timeline was I had just found my manufacturer and I would, I had dealt with the samples and I had committed to purchasing my my lump, uh, bulk stock and then I found the start and scale course and it was very very interesting because I thought I knew it I thought I knew how to do it all and then I I was going through the first module and it was interesting because it in the advertisement, it's like, you might know how to do business, but don't skip anything because you, you might not know where like what you're going to miss. And I, w- I had that mindset. I was like, I know this. I've done this. I've been in business for three years. And then the first module, I was just gobsmacked with how much I didn't know. And I had actually had a little panic attack because Greta had brought up some really important points about manufacturers and building trust. And I'm like, Oh no! What have I done? <laughs> so um, it it helped out a lot from that stage onwards because I I learned a lot of things about you know how to make sure that my product is good because when you get the sample it doesn't mean that when you get the bulk product it's going to be the exact same. Unfortunately for Greta she's had that experience, and I and hearing her her mistake she calls it. Um, just really freaked me out because I'm like, I, I don't think I can afford this mistake, you know so it it really helped me go through each step, make sure that my manufacturer was pure, which' I'm, I'm very fortunate enough that I got it right on the first go. and kind of just building everything from there. so building my Instagram, building the email list. I didn't have an email list before the founder course. I, I didn't have a lot of different things that I could have added to my Shopify website before the founder course. So all of that actually, it, it made my my business and my website what it is today. And it's why my my customer journey is so seamless. Before that, I don't even know, I, I can't even explain. I feel so bad for every customer that I ever had that went on my website before because I don't even know how I made sales before. So uh, I'm, I'm not sure if that entirely answers your question, but yeah. <laughs> No. It was pretty bad.
0: <laughs> I think you've put some very very interesting points forward that a lot of people listening might even think back to be like, okay, yeah, I think I might know it, but actually there's some key insights that would help me have uh, a launch 2.0, we'll put it, another launch and another yes. you know, another go at it. And I think that's so incredible for you that you know, you managed to do it a while you're getting married because that's such a stressful moment. It's a very special moment but very stressful and having your very business stressful in that world as well. I'm sure it would have been like, you know, I'm a direct advocate for what I want my business to be. And I think it, it takes true testament to, to go through that as well and also learn again how to do it, so kudos to you. But Thank I think you. I would love to know now, after you kind of adapted all those changes, how successful was your launch 2.0 as I framed it compared to your first one? How did How did it perform?
1: Significantly successful. It wasn't an overnight success, which I did point out when sharing in the Start and Scale Facebook group. I, at first I was a little bit disappointed, but I didn't give it the chance it needed. Uh, You know, coming from nothing, no background whatsoever in business and having literally no income to support me, like everything that I was putting into my launch was coming from my business. And God bless my husband, he was supporting me as well uh it was just it was extremely difficult especially going through the course when you have this amazing group of people who have these amazing successes and you you think to yourself like oh what what if i don't achieve that what if i don't make a million dollars overnight like she did in the fifth you know like what 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 does that mean for me and i had that in the first day i was like you know what just let it happen. Just let your business go, let the people do the talking, let the product do the talking and just let it happen. And January, 2022 has been my best month in my life financially. It has uh, just grown each week, which has been amazing. Like I made my first thousand dollars in 10 days. And after that, it tripled, like it just exponentially got bigger and bigger as well as my Instagram following got bigger and bigger. And it's just, it has been consistent. It has been something that I am, I'm truly inspired by not just because of the work that I've done, but just seeing that everybody else believing in a product that didn't exist six months ago, you know, it was in my head and now it's, it's more than on paper. It's in people's hands and they're loving it and they're sharing it and, and people seeing that and, And that's, and that's been just an amazing thing to, to kind of deal with because I also know in myself, I haven't done a hundred percent of the work and this is where I'm at. So in saying that, because it's just me in business, you know, like I, I'm the person that does the photography. I'm the person that does the email marketing. I'm the person that does the social media marketing. I'm the person that does the orders. I'm the person that does all of it. I know that I'm falling short in certain areas. Like, I might miss my email marketing this week, or I might miss my social media posts this week. When if all of those things were at a hundred percent, I couldn't imagine where my business would be. And that excites me. It also scares me, but it also really, really excites me because if, if this is where I'm at now, when I'm not technically at my professional best, what's, what's like going to come. So that, yeah, that's where I'm at. And I just think, yeah, like I don't know where I would be if I hadn't done the course and, and gone through and ticked through everything. Like I didn't even think to register my trademark. That's obvious to some people, but it's just something that completely skipped my mind. And when you, when you are the person in your business, cause you're starting from ground zero and you have all of these things to think about. It is so important to have this list. It's so important to have something that you can tick through and, and, you know, be quizzed on so that you really understand your, the stuff you're doing, you know? So, yeah.
0: I think that's so exciting that you have so many great prospects and you're looking to just continually scale and and put in that hopefully 100% effort through, you know, the years to come. And as you are the only person, it's such a a mighty feat, but you're doing so many great things. I would love to know from you, what do you think changed from maybe December 2021 to January 2022 to see such success? Was it through different channels of your marketing? Was it your messaging? Or were there other things you were doing to help you scale and have such a better month?
1: so december twenty twenty one we had a pre-sale leading up to our launch on New year's Day and nothing outside of that was really available so I think we definitely uh, built the hype that was supposed to be there uh, upon the launch which was really really good so with but prior to December we we weren't doing anything so I think everyone was excited for it I had I had been pumping it through Instagram. And since January, we have been doing Facebook ads as well. And I think that has made a significant difference. In the past, it's not something that I actually have dabbled into. So now I have, you know, the profits from January to invest more into into February because we're still, we're such a baby business. It's really hard to kind of gauge where we're going and, and, and what's working and what's not. But in December, what definitely built the hype is, and this is something that we learned in the Instagram domination course, was working with macro influencers. At the point, at at the time that I had inquired with this particular person, she was technically a micro influencer, but she has now been in another TV show since. So she's at the 100K mark, which was uh, really, really exciting. So who we worked with, uh, the week of Christmas, which really built the hype, which was one week before our launch, was Beck Zemeck from MAPS, so Married at First Sight. And we went with her for multiple reasons. She's a lovely person and she's also from Perth. So it, it was a local celebrity for us that we could work with, build a relationship with. And she had been on Married at First Sight, which is basically the pool of people who are being exposed to wedding items all the time. So we, we worked with her and she did a couple of posts for us and we actually did a giveaway. And I think that really sparked the hype about what our product was about and got it out there. And that built our waiting list. So we gained about a hundred people just in our email subscribers through that, in that week, Uh, we gained over 400 followers just by working with a celebrity, which was really, really awesome because even though they might not be getting married straight away, 12 months time, 24 months time they might be and they're already in our funnel. So highly second that for anybody that is thinking about doing the Instagram course and working with our influencers and celebrities. It's not as hard as they think or it it it's just very very simple. So yeah. I think that definitely built the hype in December so that when we launched 7 days later, they were waiting. Mm.
0: So it's such a great marketing tactic. And I think that's so smart having it around the wedding space. And, and as you said, getting leads that everyone that watches that show has a little bit of interest in weddings, whether it's just for their own or maybe someone else they know. And I think that's, that's a right. really, really smart way of doing it. And since the giveaway and since working with Beck, have you still been reaching out to maybe some smaller influencers or trying to obtain more macro influences to help boost your marketing efforts going forward for the year?
1: Absolutely. So we've got a couple in the works at the moment. We've also, because we can ship internationally, I'm working currently with two macro influences that are over in the United States, a couple of micro influences as well, just to build the hype. As I believe that the wedding industry in the United States is a lot bigger in the sense that it's a lot more culturalized in comparison to Australia, whereas they have the big weddings, they have bridesmaids that are like 15, either side and it's it's a very big market because they it's something they've been dreaming about and have you know been taught to dream about ever since they were very little whereas in australia we're a lot more laid back so yes we still like the personalized and luxury things but it's not as consistent so that's where we're kind of dabbling at the moment however we are also trying to reach out with a couple more celebrities In Australia, smaller celebrities. So like I said, uh, I think in the course, what was mentioned is when they're a micro, it's in between a certain amount of followers. And then when they hit the 100 mark, that's when they become more of a macro influencer. So with our micros, we are still trying to aim. We've got a couple that are in a less than 10,000 that we're currently working with. And then we're trying to bridge the gap in between the 50 to 100K as well. Just to kind of, because... What I've learned as well with our micro influencers that in between the 50k and the 100k, the price isn't that much difference. It isn't that much different in comparison to the 10 to 50. So if I'm able to get in front of more people by paying 100 or 200 more, then that's where my focus is going to be at. Um, so that's currently where we are with that. However, I love seeing. Uh, micro-influencers do their thing because they're still growing and they have a really strong relationship with their following. And that's what's exciting.
0: Hey there, Nathan Chan here, CEO and publisher of Founder Magazine. If you're enjoying From Zero to Founder, And you want to learn from some of the greatest entrepreneurs of our generation, then I highly recommend you also subscribe and check out the Founder Podcast. We talk to some of the most successful people on the planet to discover how they're building their businesses. So you can take a front row seat as we go deep and we learn from some of the founders of brands like Netflix, Dropbox, Reebok, and so many more and how they built these companies. You can find the Founder Magazine podcast with Nathan Chan on all podcast platforms. Make sure you subscribe. All right, now let's get back into the show. A lot of people listening might say, yeah, Emma, that's great, but what do you look for in an influencer? What is something that connects you to people that you want to work with that really stands out to you to be like, yeah, I really want to reach out and see if we can make a relationship here?
1: That's a good question because I'm very, very picky with who I work with. Okay. So the process that I go through is I find a couple of people in the area that I like first. Uh, if if you're someone that's starting out brand new, this is what was taught to me in the course as well. So I just I went locally and I would go through people and and the and the suggestions would come up underneath their profile every time I would follow them. And I would just go through that list and find someone that first was very, on brand with us. So someone that for us, we're not not the kind of line that um, is a lingerie line. So we're not looking for the full body shots. We're looking for personality. We're looking for people that are more into fashion because they know how to pose in terms of clothing. So that's what we would look for. You know, what kind of things are they posting? We would also look for their engagement. So when I when you look at engagement, there's a couple of things that you can look at. You can look at who likes it. I think I know now you can't really see how many people like it, depending on whether or not that person has that available to you, but you can still get an idea of if it's in the hundred mark, if it's in the 200 mark, or if it's in the 10 mark. So you can, you can have that little bit of a stalk through. And then I would really look at who is following them and who is commenting. So The comments are the biggest giveaway in who this person is attracting in. And one thing you'll notice is like a lot of good looking women have a lot of men following. And for me, that is not my ideal target market. So that is someone that I wouldn't go with. However, if it's someone that has young women following them, has single women following them, or just people that are ready to engage, that's someone that I would look at. I also noticed like it might be worth stalking the people who like photos, not just comments, because the wedding industry in particular is very, very quiet. I found this extremely difficult actually, and I don't know if anybody else who is listening has kind of been in this position, but when you're talking about having themed profiles and industry profiles on Instagram. When it comes to health and wellness, there's a lot of people involved. There's a lot of people that want to share their opinion. There is a lot of people that want to give support. In the beauty industry, there is definitely a lot of people that want to support, that want more from you. In the wedding industry, you're always being sold to. So no one comments. The only people that comment on your stuff is other people in the wedding industry to kind of get their brand out there. So I found that extremely difficult. So that's why pointing someone out like Beck who has kind of been in the wedding industry but isn't in it technically was the best way to go because you have to be so indirect when you're selling so that they don't feel like they're being sold to. So that's kind of the person that we need to find is who can we give our products to that is going to authentically share? That was the one thing that I was really, really uh, means a lot to me is that If it's going to be shared, it needs to be authentic. They need to love my product. So I've given our our product to a couple of people and without even paying for a partnership, she's already shared it on her stories because she's, she's naturally wearing them, which is awesome. So that is something that we wanted to find, people that will connect with us, that we can have that relationship with, that it's not a paid partnership. It's a partnership. It was already there. And I think having the word paid partnership on Instagram, again, in the wedding industry in particular, scares people. So we've tried to really find people that are on our level and you can see that through their posts. You can see that through the way that they talk to people. And if you can't see that, then you know straight away that this person isn't of value to your business. And that's what we had to really distinguish the difference between.
0: Mm, There are so many great insights in your answer that you just provided. And I'm sure a lot of people listening will be having a pen in hand and jotting everything down because there are so many great pointers in that. And another thing I'd love to know because you have such great insight on this sort of field of marketing is how do you find tracking influences and things accrediting to maybe sales or awareness for your brand? What are some of the metrics that you kind of use to help say, okay, that person was a tick for me. I'm going to actually establish a connection with them and a relationship with them and keep, I guess, employing them to to work with you?
1: That's a great question. It's hard to track a lot of things through Instagram, especially when they come through other people's profiles because Instagram doesn't give you that figure. So you kind of have to do that on your own. So for example, when we did the Bexemic post, because it was a giveaway, it was very, very easy to see exactly where it was coming from. We've also given all of our influencers a code and we can see whether or not they're in abandoned checkouts, or if they 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 process their order through that code where that co- that that purchase has come from, which has been really really helpful. However, there have also been people that I have had to stalk in a way because they've messaged our Instagram to ask questions about the order, and it. I've got a spreadsheet for everything. I've, I've learned to track absolutely everything. And it's, um, so when someone messages me, I'll actually go to their profile. Sometimes it's on private, so it's a bit difficult, but it will say like a mutual follower. And usually it's the influencer that comes up. So I can say, okay, this person's most likely come from this area. So this is someone that I need to invest in a little bit more. I get a lot of abandoned checkouts in terms of, our influencers. And I think it's because they can, they, they've seen the product they're unsure. So then they'll wait a little bit and they'll wait for that influencer to repost because of that whole stigma of they're, they're just posting this product because they're trying to get the sale out of it, which unfortunately is a reality today that we have to face back in the day, like say five years ago, wasn't the case at all. Like everyone would jump on that idea. However, it's, it definitely isn't the case anymore. And there needs to be that trust. So there needs to be multiple posts that happen from that particular influencer to encourage that person to buy. And we have seen it. So we have seen that, okay, this person had someone in the abandoned checkout. We've reached out to them and said, look, you've got about this much worth of commission in your abandoned checkout. If you continue to post, that trust is going to build up and that, that will process. And that's exactly what's happened. So that that influencer in particular has reposted and that person came back through a automated email, the abandoned checkout email and ended up purchasing. So that was all in the 24 hours that that had happened. So it's a definite correlation. However, obviously we can't say that's exactly what's happened, but not that person's head. So, But that's from what we can see has happened. And I think people really do underestimate abandoned checkouts and Shopify shows you everything. You can contact them. You, you can really, you can really build a relationship with the person that's just left the checkout. So I think again, the indirect in, indirectly trying to speak to your customer without speaking to them and speaking through other people is extremely powerful in this sense. So I hope that helps anyone that's in the same position as I am.
0: Definitely. I I have no doubt it will. It's such great insight that you're sharing, honestly. But I would love to know from the abandoned cart checkouts. So you touched upon how, you know, there's that abandoned cart email. Have you been using or I guess getting leads from people that land on your website, even from these influencers, to then add them to your email list? And then that's another way that you're retargeting and having that indirect relationship with them as well.
1: Absolutely. So as soon as you land on our website, you have a prompt pop-up to get 10% off. Uh, And a lot of people love 10% off. So I've learned 15% actually doesn't work as well in our, I don't, I'm actually not sure why. It's just, they prefer the 10%, I think straight off the bat, because they think it's more welcoming, whereas 15% is more of a sale. Um, And I think people wait for it sometimes. So yes, we get a lot weekly just from the... um, the 10% prompt that comes up. So yes, that is that is our strategy there. And as well, we have a couple of other ways to capture those leads. Uh, I have a free downloadable ultimate checklist and budget calculator that you can access from our Instagram. So I promote that quite a bit. And to get that, you actually have to purchase it technically through the website. So that's another a lead capture there. And that, that has been, I think, the biggest turnover because they're getting something in return. So yes, the discount works, but this is something practical that they can use specifically for their wedding and has so much value in it. I found, especially in my industry, value wins. Giving someone so much help, giving someone the answer that they didn't even know they had the question to is, is the way that you make sales in this industry. It's not... Look at what I can do. look at what this. look at this like, yeah, you want to know this, Here it is. You want to know how how to save money on this. Here it is. That's it. you know like it's not even about what my products are. it's not even about how I can help on this day for this amount of money. It's what do you need it's not even it has nothing to do with my business. that's fine. Just what do you need, tell me. and that has been the biggest turnover power for us, and I think that coming into that that PDF, that one PDF that I've made, it has just completely changed the way that we help people, the way that we encourage them to follow what they want to do in terms of their own wedding. Because you'd be, you'd be so surprised, so many people are so afraid to have the, the wedding the way that they want. So I think that has been, I think, a bit of a pressure release for them which is which is nice and it builds that trust automatically because i'm not asking for anything except for their email
0: (laughs) no i think also (laughs) yeah believing like having you in their same position where you've sat in their shoes you know exactly what it's like to try and you know budget for a wedding the things that you would like that are deemed luxurious Um, so I think that's really great that you kind of have that little tool up your sleeve that you can give to them for essentially free, like you said, only needing an email, which I think is absolutely incredibly smart. And I also noticed that you've expanded some things on your website as well to help, I'm assuming with upsells and bundles and things like that. You also have your slippers, which is there, um, that can also be customized. What, um, were your tactics behind maybe creating another upsell products and things like that? And how has that helped with your growth?
1: Okay. So one thing I learned when doing a lot of market research is that no one sells bundles. They just don't. And I don't, I'm actually gobsmacked by the idea that no one's selling a bridesmaid bundle. Because when you're a bride and you want a set of pajamas, you're not buying one, you're buying five, six or seven, or however many that you want to just create. So I think that having Going into the course, I just want to bring it back to the course for a second because this is something that I learned actually specifically from the course. It's not something I thought about. And it was having the three options. The middle option being something that people naturally go to But showing the most expensive option as the most valuable. So that is something that I learned from the course. And I needed to again research. And that's when I started researching and learning that no one else did that. I said, this is going to be my point of difference. This is going to be what makes or breaks my business in a way, of course. And when I sorry, I'm really trying to think about your question and make sure that I'm really answering this properly. In terms of upselling. I found, I found things like adding things that pop up didn't work. Actually, I think they already had people that come to my business already have in their mind exactly what they're going to purchase because they're not they haven't seen me for the first time. That they they come back consistently and thought, okay, what do I need? Okay, I need to check out sizes. Okay. If I do this, then I need to combine it with this because I think this color works best with this color. So the way that I've gone about my upsell isn't isn't in an individual product, it's in the bundles specifically. So if a bride is already buying pajamas, she's seeing the the slippers on the way, it's part of the the process. So in, when you, when you click into the collection and you're, and you're looking at all the products, it's very obvious what's there. It, you see straight away, okay, she does robes before, she sees, before you see pyjamas, before you see the slippers. So it's like, oh, she does this as well. So I'm going to put my order through here. I'm going to add this to cart. But then I also want to check this out because there was something there. So that's maybe a tactic, sorry, to answer the question specifically is I don't direct them to the product page. I direct them to the entire collection. So they can see the three options. They can see the other products before they make their decision. And then I think that encourages them to go back and really make sure that what they're getting, they're getting their most value out of. So they might, I've had a couple of brides actually that have gone, I'm going to grab five sets of pajamas, but then I'm also going to grab three sets of robes because I think that's how that's going to work out best for me. But then I'm going to get 10 sets of slippers. Because I want a couple extra for myself and then that's how they that's how the price point works for them and it's like, okay, but I'm getting value at this because I've got buy four get one free or I've got most popular labeled on my products as well, which was something that was also encouraged in the course and it's just it's made the process I think visually and extremely fluent for the customer to understand their exact journey. so I think, that has been the most powerful tool in that sense.
0: Mm. There's so much wisdom that you're sharing right now and I know a lot of people will be loving it. And even I'm learning a lot just from speaking to you. And I think even when you're on your website, I think it's really, really clear that, you know, you might have all these bundles, you might have all these amazing marketing tactics, but the way that you're represented is not... Too salesy, which I think is really awesome as well, because your photos are very lifestyle driven. You've got reviews with social proof and people that are actually loving the product. Um, and working towards wrapping up here, because I know we've been chatting for a little bit longer. I would love to know more about your social proof and how you use that as, as as almost like another marketing effort, but to really just connect with your community that you're building to showcase the love that everyone has for your products as well.
1: Social proof has been difficult. It's been a A long journey but I feel like the ball is starting to roll downhill now which is really really exciting so at the beginning the only social proof we had was from our influencers but it's really exciting because our social proof are all professional photos from people's weddings so I think having that as your user generated content really helps make a powerful impact on social media because it's a high quality photo and the bride wants to share it because she looks amazing you know so i think that definitely definitely helps outside of that however getting content was very very difficult getting the reviews were very very difficult so we had to come up with a unique standpoint of a, a way to encourage them to post photos and one of the ways that we did that was every, with every purchase, everyone would receive this card. And again, this was something that was also shared in, it was encouraged in the course to to do as like a thank you. And on our, on our card, instead of having, you know, like, oh, you'll get 10% off your next order because we give discounts out quite a bit. It was, if you give us an image and write a review, you'll go into the running of a giveaway where you can actually win the money that you spent on your order back. And people love knowing that they can get a refund without actually getting the refund, if that makes sense. Everyone loves to keep the item, but also have their money back. So that was just something different and unique. And I think, you know, really listening to other companies like High Smile and Frank and understanding the difference Of what everybody did, but also trying to be different yourself because you just don't you don't want to duplicate what another company's done. It's not, it's not the same. You need to figure out what is best for you. And for for my industry, where brides they want to save money every turn they get, that was a massive, massive driver for them. So that has been very, very fortunate for me. And like I said, the having the the professional photos makes the massive the difference in terms of what what goes through on a Facebook ad because it's visually appealing or what is the best performing photo on Instagram because it's like oh it's taking up quite a bit of space but it's also very crystal clear and I and I understand what's happening in this photo so we were very fortunate and we are very fortunate in our industry that that is the case. So, yeah,
0: Mm, yeah, they're such beautiful images. And um, I think it's great that you're starting to get the ball rolling on that one and and grading more because, yeah, your products are beautiful. And, you know, working towards my last question here is where do you kind of see Bolton Creations going in the next six months to a year? And and what exciting things might you have up your sleeve that, you know, might be willing to share right now that you're looking forward to in terms of scaling your business more?
1: I have a very big dream for my company it's a company first off at the moment, it's just a little business, but I have a dream to answer every bride's problem and it doesn't exist, which is exciting. And it comes hand in hand with another thing that I've thought about doing, which I really don't want to share too much about because I'm not financially at the point where I could invest in it. And I'm scared that if someone does hear it, they'll think it's a really good idea and invest in it. So um, but there is definitely something I will give a a little bit of a ballpark in, but it's, I want to create a place that a bride can walk in and walk out and her wedding's planned. And my idea involves other businesses. So it wouldn't be a a case where I would be doing everything, but I would actually be supporting and creating a funnel for other businesses in the industry. So that is that is something that I'm working on. And I've also thought of another thing, but it's in an app form and it's basically a way to plan everything before you go and plan it and create this magical dream for you. But it's a way for you to visualize it as well before committing. And I think that as a bride, the hardest thing that you have is you don't get to see your wedding before your wedding. Like that's it. You know, like I look back at my wedding and I'm like, Oh, I, I hated those flowers. Like, why did I pick that? I hated that, uh, but why did I pick that? And it's like, but I didn't see it before the day. I didn't see how everything would look before the day. And it's like, oh, I wish that, you know, maybe I booked a trial, but at the time, you know, that was extra money. So it's like, not nah, whatever, whatever it is, you know, it's, it's, it's fine. It'll be fine. And it was fine. I'm just being picky now because now I work with weddings all the time and I give people their dream. And I'm like, I wish I had this. <laughs> I wish I had me. And yeah. So that we, in the next six months, I think specifically, we will be working on really scaling the e-commerce side. So working on our next launch as in our next range and line more for winter stuff. Uh, we do have already, we already have designs in the works, which is really exciting. However, now it's just can the finance catch up and it's definitely showing that we will be in the green and uh, not you know, not a lot of time. So that's exciting, but long-term. And I'm thinking when I say long-term, I mean like 12 to 18 months, we have, we have a big dream to make this something that no one's ever seen before. And not just something that's in my, my spare room at my home. So yeah, we, we do have a lot to give and I'm excited. But unfortunately, I can't share too much.
0: No, I think you've shared just enough to keep us on the edge of our seats. And I'm very, very excited to see all of this come together. And I know all the hard work behind the scenes it takes to put in to make even a baby business grow, but let alone a massive company. So I'm really excited to see all those ideas come to life. And my very last question that I'll ask is, if there's anyone listening to this, what would be the best key piece of advice that you would like to share when starting or even thinking about starting a business?
1: The biggest piece of advice that I could give anyone, and I don't even think it's just in business, but in life. And it's, if you want more, you just have to be more. And I, it goes back to what I was saying before is I know that my business isn't operating at hundred percent, but it's already doing well, but I can see where it needs more. I can see where I need to put more effort in. And I know that when I do, it's going to reward me more. It's like, it's a basic Matthew principle, you know, like he who has more will be given more and he who has less, even that will be taken away. And it is so true. Like before I started like leading up into the launch around September, I, I started taking the Instagram domination course very seriously because before that I had actually been on social media for, for three months. So I thought, you know what, I'm going to come back and I'm going to come back with a bang. And it was the Instagram domination course that had really like driven me through that. And a big thing for me is uh, I'm very, very strong in my faith. So I I wanted to implement something every day that would drive me closer to my success. And for me, that, that key thing was discipline. And that's something that I hadn't had in my life really before that. So every day I said to myself, you know what, leading up to my launch, from right now, from September to January 1st, I'm going to make sure that I pray every day. And like, that could be something different for everybody else. But for me, because, you know, it's my highest value. If I couldn't do that every day, then I didn't deserve the success that I was chasing. Like that could be something different for everyone. That could be exercise. You know, that could be your family, making sure you spend time with your family or taking time out for yourself. But for me, it was prayer. And so what I started doing is I just started journaling every day. you know, I was like I was like a little kid writing in their diary, like, "Dear Diary." I was like, "Dear Jesus, please help me do this today." And then what that led me to, which was very, very important, was the power of tracking. And I think I mentioned it a little bit earlier, is that learning to track everything is what has made me where I am right now. so, I started tracking my page. I started tracking who came onto my page at what time they came onto my page. And I have, I have a spreadsheet for everything. So it got to a point where I started tracking my income and my spending so that now when it comes to tax time, I'm done, I'm good to go just send it all off. But I know exactly how many people are on my page each day, which means I know exactly what worked that day. So I know this Instagram post really helped me make this sale. This Instagram post made didn't work, you know, like this is not something they're interested in. I know exactly that today I had 37 less people come onto my website already, but I've already made $109 more. So figuring that out and understanding that okay, this is what works, this is what doesn't, is what helped me succeed now than what it did before because it's something I never did. So if I want more I needed to be more and that's it comes back to me saying like I know I'm not there yet and I'm excited because that means more is coming when I put more in and that I think is so 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 important because when I did network marketing back in 2018 I didn't have anything I didn't get anything I failed at it basically and I, I thought I worked really hard but not only did I not grow as a person back then, I, I needed so much more in terms of who I am, what I wanted to be, who I wanted to help. I needed more purpose back then. And now I've found that purpose. So now I've got more to give. And now that keep, I just it just keeps on coming. There's more, more, more. There's always more. So if you are someone that wants more, you, you just have to be more and you have to start with yourself for me, it was as simple as daily prayer. It could be daily gratitude. It could just be reading 10 pages of personal development a day, but it ha- you have to do something for yourself that makes you better than what you were yesterday. So I really hope that that helps someone that enlightens someone because that's just, honestly, that's all I did.
0: Mm, That's so inspiring. And thank you so much for sharing all of that amazing insight and your perspective on business and your perspective on life is just truly inspiring as well. So thank you so much, Emma, for sitting down and sharing your whole journey with Bolton Creations. And I honestly can't wait to see where you are in the next three to six months and beyond that. And hopefully we can catch up again in the near future. But yeah, thank you so much, Emma, for joining me today.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Molly. And thank you so much for being such a blessing in my life. And just existing and being here with me today. You have no idea how much this interview means to me.
0: Hey guys, we hope you're loving From Zero to Founder and you're getting a ton of value from it. If you want to access the exact free training that led today's founder to where they are now, head to founder.com or head to the link in the show notes.